Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. And we're back. The Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. We have a very special guest in the studio. Senator Mike Braun joining us. Senator, Senator how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Good to be back here again. So Went what brings ago. you uh, to our neck of the woods here? Well, we're into, uh, what, two weeks before the uh, midterms, and uh, Schumer sent us home in late September. And uh, for me, uh, not in cycle, so I've been kind of traveling, finished the last of my 92 counties I visit in the combine right. in Spencer County. You were down, the last ago. time you were here, you were visiting all 92 counties. Yeah, and then uh, finished that off here just a couple weeks ago. And we've got a lot of critical races out there. I'm going to help in some of them. Just spent an hour and a half with uh, Cindy Carrasco, a great wow. candidate. Yeah. Uh, and man, if there's a race we need to win, that is one. Talk about how right important here. that race is here for people, residents in Marion County and victims of crime in Marion County, because it has skyrocketed here in the city and you know, the GOP uh, uh, running for prosecutor, Cindy Carrasco, against Mears. Well, I can relate to it mostly uh, by the fact that I would get here occasionally before I became a state legislator in 2015. And that is just when I started to see kind of downtown turn in a different direction. Uh, otherwise, it would have been visiting, which was a wonderful place, family and everybody to sure. come here. And uh, 15, 16, and 17, you could see the difference between here and going back to the Capitol. I was here probably a couple, three months ago for the first time in a, a while in the middle of the day and sidestepping, you know, folks sure. uh, between uh, Monument Circle and the Capitol. And then look at the summer of 2020 uh, that gets dismissed across the country. And it's reached a level where who knows who's going to renew a lease down here. Do families feel safe coming downtown? And that race, when you got a guy like Mears that seems to be uh, missing an action at the job, uh, you'd think would be hard to win. But I think she is neck and neck. Uh, the resources uh, are a good indicator. She got a lot of money uh, last month. A lot of re- she has, fundraising. And I think that's because people are making that calculation. If and not it's not just, just all Republicans too that are putting money in. Because listen, Democrats here on Monument Circle, they don't want their windows broken out. Nobody does. Nobody wants that kind of city when you know what it was like. And that kind of thing, I think, is happening across the country. We've got it right here. Uh, you got an even larger race that I think is interesting. Uh, Jennifer Ruth Green. I'm going to end up there late in the week stumping for her. Yeah. Kind of candidate we need, any party needs. That's uh, uh, got a military background. Uh, a great record. That thing is in play. And uh, and what's happened to her over the last couple of weeks with this ridiculous act from yep. Politico and what her opponent has denied doing, but let's be honest, his fingerprints are all over this thing, outing her as a victim of sexual assault when she clearly did not want this to happen. Look, I get, you know, politics is competitive, but there's a line and that was gross. It was gross, and uh, of course, I experienced that when I was uh, after I won the primary. The wrath of 
Chuck Schumer and George Soros descended upon this race and um, the Missouri race. Those were the two races back in 2018 that if we didn't get them, it was going to be a bad night for Republicans. And, of course, never ahead in a public opinion poll. You win by six points. They spend... $20, $30 million on negative advertising stuff they make up. Hell, I grew up in Mayberry RFD. You had to make it up. But it still happens. And like what happened to her in that district means it's getting close because you're going to have to contend with it. If you don't have thick skin getting into this business, you're going to develop it quickly. And that's just another example of it. But here in Marion County, in our state capital, things need to turn around. And I've been able to see it. Like I say, when I started noticing it back seven, eight years ago, it's gotten to the point where this is what needs to turn. And then some of the other offices, the people that have been running the business of Indianapolis, those need to be in play as well for the same reason. Why should somebody who doesn't live in Marion County care about what happens in Marion County? Well, because it's a centerpiece of our state. Uh, Indianapolis is our state capital. And uh, it was a place that I think through investment, uh, through prior administrations, it had reached a point where families felt safe here. People came here as a destination. And I think that hit its low point in recent times here back in 2020. And we got to figure out how to get away from it, start doing the job that a prosecutor needs to do to build up confidence that it's a place that people want to visit again and invest in. Can the state do well financially if Indianapolis starts to regress? I think that begs an interesting question because it's just here a couple blocks away, and I don't think you can be kind of detached from the situation. And I think you probably got to start looking. If it's not getting done by the folks that are in charge of it, the prosecutor's office, the mayor's office, you need to at least raise the issue to see what that interplay would be. Let me uh, expand on uh, Hammer's question there um, a little bit, because I think uh, here in Indiana, I think Todd Young has has his race locked up. But why should people in Indiana be paying attention to some of these other highly contested races for Senate? Pennsylvania, it's Fetterman and Oz, uh, Georgia with Warnock and and Herschel Walker. Walker. Um, um, I mean, those, those are important races that we as Hoosiers should be paying close attention to as well. There's no doubt about it, whether it's city government in your state capital and the juxtaposition to state government when you're wondering who's going to take care of a problem, yeah. it's no different. I mean, I've been employed by the federal government and watching that up close like I do and have done for four years, coming from a background of being a Main Street entrepreneur where you don't have any of the latitude of not making ends meet. You got to do things that work better, and that impacts us here. I don't think it'll ever swamp us. I don't think it'll ever be the overwhelming factor, but it's an aggravating factor. And if you don't get that in line, you're going to have to contend with more of what you've all witnessed and talked about and what I've been deeply involved with the last four years. So, yes, there are 10 to 12 Senate races that are so close. And if we as Republicans, I think last time I was on, can't make that case, can't articulate it with the platter of opportunity from the border to crime in our cities, which we talked about, uh, borrowing from our kids and grandkids for your latest and greatest idea uh, at the federal level when we knock nothing out of the park to mm -hmm. begin with, uh, it does sooner or later 
impact even places like Indiana that are run well. Did you get a chance to watch the debate or highlights, I guess, of Fetterman against Oz? Because I watched the whole thing. I sat home and streamed the whole thing, and I'm on a text thread with Nigel and our bosses, and I told them Fetterman is not well. This is a guy that they told us he was fine. His doctor cleared him. His doctor also donates to his campaign, but that's different. Uh, But they cleared him, and he's clearly not well. Does it make me a bad guy, Senator, because I don't think he's up for the job? I don't think he's physically capable of doing the job. But when I say that out loud, I've got people calling me an ableist or some sort of ist. I just saw that term the other day, and uh, it's funny how terms like that come up whenever you're just kind of giving a different point of view. Uh, yeah. But let's put it this way. We are the board of directors of the biggest business in the world, the U.S. Senate. There are a hundred of us. And everyone's going to bring a little different background into it. But if you are going to really do what the citizens that are going to elect you want you to do, you got to be a full faculty. Uh, you got to be fully engaged. And let's put that aside. Let's look at the fact that his policies are a mayor of yes. those of Bernie Sanders. Right. I'm on the budget committee, which has kind of turned into the most useless appendage in the U.S. Senate. It should be the most important thing, but we don't do that anymore. We've kind of got the political enterprisers running the show out there where you don't look at what might need more funding or less. Any business doesn't necessarily spend more. How often do you roll your eyes on that committee when they come out there with some plan of some ridiculous thing? <laughs> like, how long does it take you to just kind of roll your eyes, exhale? and? Well, Bernie has had more budget meetings than we had the first two years I was there. But it has not been on the subject of any of the mechanics of a budget. It's been on one woke topic after another. And even the issues that they identify as being important, I don't necessarily disagree with it. I just don't think you double down, borrow more and more money, $18 trillion in debt when I got there. We're now $31 trillion, and they're trying to sell us more of that. You can't, that is so simple to say that that isn't working. And look what they've done in just two years to take the best economy we had pre-COVID to turn it into this mess. Is this I why, do roll my eyes all the time. <laughs> is this why people say that you can't change the swamp? Because everybody goes to Washington and they say, I'm going to change things, but they get there and they understand how swampy some of these monsters are because you're outnumbered uh the senate goes to the tie break and that doesn't go your way you're outnumbered in the house it's basically just party lines here and and not only that but bernie sanders i I swear to god he used to be against illegal immigration he's on record as saying no this is bad for the country bringing in illegal immigrants is lowering wages for american workers and that i think just kind of adds to your point of you're if you're you're in the swamp your lifer and you're gonna go with whichever way the wind blows and that one thing right there means that you're generally operating on a lack of principles guiding you because there certainly should have been some principle in play then when he had that point of view and now you flip-flop because politically they calculate otherwise and when you get back the other point how long would it take it would take uh, i'm a term limits guy We need those more than ever. And that Democrats, independents, and Republicans believe in to the tune of about 85 to 90%. I'd even be for grandfathering the folks 
that need to hit the road sooner or later right. to get the system going. We need a balanced budget amendment as well. Those aren't going to happen in the near term. Uh, the wheels are going to have to fall off. It's going to have to get worse, sadly, before it gets better there until you get that kind of stuff accomplished. Can you stick around for one more segment with I us? I can, yeah. All right, because when we come back, when I get back to some Indiana stuff here, I want to talk about some things you've heard when you went county to county. And there's also the million-dollar question, what are you going to do the next time you're up for election? Do you want to continue? Do you want to run for governor? We're going to get to all of those things with Senator Mike Braun when we come back. Don't go anywhere. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Senator Mike Braun joining us in studio. So what is next for you? Do you want to run for re-election in the Senate? Do you want to be the governor of Indiana? I've heard both. So when I decided, um, kind of out of frustration, looking at our state, which has run well, uh, we believe in balanced budgets, rainy day funds, uh, room for improvement. I think there's a lot of things we could do with that strength and make our state even better. We talked a little bit about here in our own state capital. When I decided to uh, not run for a third term as a state legislator, that would have been running for re-election again in 18, uh, I was uh, not sure what I was going to do. Uh, a lot of times you go back to your business, uh, like the founders did. They went back to the farm mm -hmm. or their business, and that's the way it should be. Uh, the federal government needs term limits, and it needs the balanced budget amendment. And that's not going to happen. I'm going to still talk about it. So I got to calculate, is it worth spending six more years doing that? Or do you want to come back where you can have, I think, real impact? Uh, I'm most proud of the fact that I took a little business, and uh, I don't even use the word CEO because I turned the lights on and off for nearly 20 years of those 37 years. So, And that's making a living. In most small businesses, that's where people are making a living, as well as maybe building it into something someday. So um, I am going to make that uh announcement publicly on the hammer and nigel show well uh, i'll consider that uh <laughs> and i'm gonna do it here sooner rather than later really? so yep uh, and uh, i'm calculating that in a way that uh, with the tutorial of a school board for 10 years I, that was the first thing i did that call came from my wife and she did the political pivot before i could maneuver well maybe my husband would be interested and we were in a rural township not dealing with the critical race theory and masking kids, uh, but even in places like where I come from, things can get out of kilter. Did that for 10 years. I uh, got the call from our state representative then when he decided to run for Senate if I'd consider running for state legislature and did. So uh, for me, I still feel like I'm uh, in my 40s or 50s, not the case. I yeah, look good. What I'm going to do. You're I the most in good. shape person in this room. Well, thank <laughs> now, you. That's also like being the valedictorian of summer school, but <laughs> congratulations to you. We've got so, about 90 seconds left, Senator. Um, so I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm leaning uh, in a direction where I can have more impact. And uh, like I say, I'll make that decision uh, 
public in here in about a month or so. Um, uh, and your feeling on the midterms coming up here in in, in a week? Do the GOP uh, obviously uh, the House is available for taking? Um, what do you think about the Senate and the GOP? I think we're going to win the House with some ease, and if that is with great ease, we're going to pick up one, two, or three Senate seats. And uh, we win the House, we put a tourniquet on craziness. No more political enterprising by passing laws. If we get the Senate back, we'll get in the business of making sure a candidate for a cabinet position or the judiciary has to be approved by us. The big issue is what do we do in 2024? And I'm one that believes we got to be for something. You can't tell the American public, I'll tell you after I'm elected. And that is where I disagree with current leadership. Maybe McCarthy is going to do that in the House, but independents elect the swing state senators and the president. And they're hugging us now, mostly. Uh, They're driving to fill their gas tank up every week or so. That's going to be a big indicator. So we are going to stop the craziness. We got to communicate to the American public between now and 2024 so that we get it back along with both chambers before we can change anything or undo it. Senator Mike Braun, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, Senator. My pleasure. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.